Good morning, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickok. Apparently, Mercury in the shadow is going to create havoc for me. Apparently, apparently. Uh, I went to get in this morning, and if I had my camera working, then my audio wasn't working. And if, if I had my audio working, the camera wasn't working. So I went through a restart and it, my computer wouldn't restart. So then I had to turn it off. You know, you do the, the power, the, I don't know, death turn off and then turned it back on. And now everything seems to be uh, working. Hopefully you guys can hear me. Good morning. Treat yourself. It's great to see you out there. Christine Buckingham, hello to you as well. Tom says hi there and hi Astro family. Janet, break it down, sister. Break it down. Yes, we have a lot to talk about and nothing like small. Uh, I, I sat down and I was looking at the new moon chart because the new moon is on Friday and we will meet on Friday. So I'll have more time to talk to you about the new moon exactly then. But then all of a sudden I looked at that and went, oh, holy moly, Ceres, the goddess of plenty, of uh, nurturing and caring and feeding, clothing, housing, uh, is moving into, moved into Libra this morning. And so I didn't notice that she moved into Libra this morning. In today's chart, I noticed it in the new moon chart because that puts Ceres uh, in an opposition to Jupiter, and both Jupiter and Ceres will be squaring the new moon. So we have a lot of things to talk about with this because that's a cardinal T-square. T-squares are very challenging. So what is it that we're all going to be challenged with? And of course, the moon and the sun will be together in Capricorn. So the empty space of the cardinal T-square is over in Cancer. So Cancer is very much like Ceres in that it is a sign of nurturing and taking care of, uh, caring for. Uh, and it seems then that we have some kind of another of, of a theme popping up around nurturing and around uh, caring and self-caring. Um, interesting, right? Self-love, that's a big theme this week. And I was also thinking of the word generosity, which is a, a, a theme that my daughters and I are going to take up this evening in the Desire to Inspire podcast at 4 p.m. Pacific and 7 p.m. East Coast time. That will be on the Desire to Inspire group page on Facebook. It just, we broadcast live to that page. So it is very interesting as, you know, we know that Mercury went into the shadow on December 12th. That was last Monday. So we're a week into the shadow and I'm already feeling kind of a, this chaos going on in, uh, but then I often do because I have Mercury retrograde in my own chart. So that before time of Mercury's retrograde and the after time of Mercury's retrograde uh, are, are the wonkiest for me. The retrograde usually smooths out and everything that was happening stops happening. So it is uh, kind of, of an interesting thing going on. So today, what I really want to talk about is all of the things that are happening this week that are in change. 
There is Jupiter moving into Aries as we get into tomorrow. That means today she, he is finishing up his transit of the sign of Pisces. And that he's actually in this chart of the, of the new moon still at zero degrees. So we can see that the ingress or the movement into the sign is slow, right? Kind of a, a languishing time, right? It's just sort of moving in there. doesn't really pop on anything, you know, really quickly and then starts to pick up some speed. And of course, he's just not, he's just ended retrograde not that long ago. And so he is still in the process of picking up steam. So do I think it's going to be a banger? Like there's a bunch of changes right away. I don't think so. I think it's going to take a little bit of time, but I would bet that every one of us is already seeing a bit of the story that's to come for 2023, but also for us as we are in our evolutionary state of growth with Jupiter, right? Jupiter's. And this might recall you back to the time this summer from June, July, and August while uh, Jupiter was in Aries briefly, right? He only moved up to the eighth degree and then retrograded backwards and uh, is today sitting at 29 degrees, 50 minutes of of the sign of Pisces. So he's finishing up that Pisces energy and getting ready to move into some very powerful uh, Aries energy. And of course, Aries is the first sign of the Zodiac. So we also have this whole like feeling of something new going on, right? We're being uh, tasked with moving ahead perhaps, but slower. Uh, I was having this conversation with one of my daughters on Friday frankly, I think I pissed her off a little bit um, because she was ready to go. She wants to go, 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 go. Yesterday was her birthday. She's a Sagittarian. She has an Aries rising sign. She has fire all through her chart, right? So fire wants to go, wants to do, wants to create, right? But I, I was talking about this idea of stretch. I think we talked about it during the uh, Astro, the Astro, Astro Design 2023 workshop on Thursday, where we're in this time where we want to stretch it out somewhat. We don't want to jump in and do it all, right? It's not the right timing for that. Um, be, as Mercury's in the shadow, Mars, the ruler of Aries, is in retrograde, and Jupiter is just finishing up a cycle and getting ready to move into a new sign that will start a new uh, round of time through the Zodiac, a new 12-year cycle, as it were, of energies around the Zodiac. So while I, I feel like we are ready to go, right, we're, we're raring to go in some respects, it, there's value in our stretching that new beginning, uh, stretching that um, jumping or leaping energy out for a little bit. Do a lot of the planning or the back story work now because leaping in at this moment isn't the right timing, right? We're dealing with timing here and right timing is when things are going smoothly, right? At this point, maybe there's not even clarity about what you want to do or about where you want to go, who you want to be, how you want to add to uh, your life, etc. And I, I told you all that I am in a process of rebranding myself. 
I don't even know what that looks like yet. I really want to launch that. I really want to launch that rebranding, new graphics, new everything on January 1st. It isn't going to happen. There's no way it can happen. So in my own, um, I'm going to say angst. I don't think it was really angst, but in my, my wanting to do something, by wanting to break through and get out there uh, with something new, what I did instead was just draw up a document, a Word document, and I just started typing up all kinds of ideas. All the ideas that I had, I was just throwing out there on the page. And then I can go back to that and I can uh, sort of do another, you know, go through and see which things are most important to me. I can see which things are worthwhile that are in alignment with my values that are the most nurturing for me and my following. Stretch, right? We have stretch time. We don't have to make key decisions today, right? We don't have to start something today. In fact, to start something today might literally not be the best thing ever. It might just blow up on you, right? Because it isn't the right timing. And of course, we're moving into the holiday season. And is that really a good time to start something new? No, people are kind of kind of in the, the mood for holidays, right? They're not really thinking about their businesses necessarily, except, you know, some of us do things like plan ahead uh, in the back scene. And then astrologically, when we look at the sky and we go, oh, Jupiter's moving into Aries, but Jupiter's ru the ruler of the sign Jupiter's going to, into is in retrograde. That's a, a slowdown sign, right? That's a, a yield uh, or a slowdown or maybe even a stop, right? Then we can also look, we see Mercury getting ready to retrograde. So there's another one that causes us to slow things down. We don't have to stop what we're doing, not at all. But we do have to slow it down a little bit so that we're not uh, leaping too much. And then another little known you know, factor out there is that Neptune, which we don't talk about, we haven't had opportunity to talk much about Neptune, is at the gate 36 in our human design. The gate 36, sometimes colloquially, we call it the gate of no, the gate of saying no. But it's a gate that is turbulent and is filled sometimes with crisis. And the crisis is from restlessness and boredom. And it's not so much that the restlessness or the boredom is the crisis. It's what we do in response or in reaction to restlessness and boredom, right? We, we jump out and we do all kinds of things or we just say, you know what, F that, I'm going to go do it anyway, right? We just go our own way, Um and that can create more turbulence. Now, there's experience in this in this uh, channel, actually, 36 to 35. Although, unless you have 35 defined in your own chart, the 35 is no longer defined. But the 36 is and will be for all of 2023. Jupiter, or I mean, uh, excuse me, Neptune does not move off the 36. He moves through the different lines, so its character can change a titch, but it really isn't making a move into another gate. So that means all year long, we're dealing with this restlessness under the surface. It's right there under the surface, and it could be driving us to do things uh, too soon, right? It could cause us to become impatient, right? And impatience, we know what that does, right? That can upset everything and cause us to do things out of the right timing and cause us to make choices in the moment that do not 
have legs to support us further down the road. So while I know all of that energy is out there, let's have some stretch, right? Just give yourself the time before you make big changes in your life. Now, changes can happen by steps, right? Change doesn't have to be like one fell swoop, boom, now your life is totally transformed. Now, it can, right? It, it can happen that way. But if you are aware and conscious of what needs to change in your life, this is your opportunity to take your time to plan for the change, right? To, you know, put a little step-by-step -step plan together, perhaps. Now, as soon as I say that, I hear God, you know, humans plan, God laughs, you know, be willing to know that the plan may change, which is all the more reason not to take action yet, right? If the plan changes, then if you'd already launched something or already put something out there, uh, then you're in a process of disruption right after you launch something. So take the astrological omens now, right? And run with them. Take your time, slow it down, do all the backstory, do all the imagining, the planning, the evaluating, re-evaluating, re-imagining. Do all of that uh, now and then wait until after at least January 12th when Mars turns direct to take your action. And I know that stretches the new year, right? Because we think, oh, yeah, New Year's Day. Here I go. I'm going to launch that new thing. I'm going to, you know, set that resolution and I'm going to, you know, lose 20 pounds before the end of the month. Try to let it elongate a little bit give yourself some space to see what is it that i really desire i think that's what you know is really coming up what is my real focus what's really important to me as opposed to what is it that i think is important what is it that i think other people want from me or um you know any of those other kinds of things that can come up so let's start with the moon. The, today, the moon is in Scorpio, giving us emotional strength. So we start the week with the moon in Scorpio, a very passionate and uh, very intense kind of sign for the moon. The moon already represents our internal focus. The moon already represents our emotional self, right? Our needs. And now we have a sign like Scorpio that maybe highlights that, makes that bigger, more obvious, right? So yet there's emotional strength here. And that emotional strength comes from uh, Scorpion perseverance, the ability to stay the course, even when the emotional energy might be up and down, even when life is changing, even when things are going on, right? That we can't control things that are out of our control. And there's also change and the bigger word here, transformation in this energy. So with the moon here at the beginning of the week, we might be seeing, you know, kind of signs about what it is that we need to change or what we want to change, what direction we might want to move in, what direction maybe we're being pushed in a little bit, a little bit of uh, universal push or God push, source push, <laughs> moving, up, causing us to, you know, really look at, well, where am I stuck? Remember, Scorpio, like Taurus, is a, a fixed sign. So it tends to not want to, to get out of its comfort zone. But at this point in time, there's this change, this transformation that is afoot. And it's really kind of based in um, 
the past, <coughs> excuse me, releasing baggage, uh, releasing toxic emotions, toxic beliefs, um, toxic grievances, uh, might be even toxic relationships or toxic things, right? If we're hoarding things, right, it can be that. So the beginning of this transformational energy might have to begin with forgiveness, one of the key factors of a positive Scorpio, and also then releasing. And releasing them with ease and grace, not necessarily kicking and screaming, and then staying the course, perseverance. What we really see with Neptune at 36, by the way, is what if we stay the course and we avoid the pitfalls of boredom and leaping into the frying pan and then having to leap out of you know from the frying pan into the fire or whatever that saying is then we gather experiences right then we gather the good stuff right the things that we want to take on our trip even if it's something that wasn't so good the experience itself may be so invaluable right so the moon kind of echoing that with her transit through the sign of Scorpio, persevering, staying with something long enough to see what the benefit is, staying with something long enough to um, do the releasing, to make sure all of the baggage is gone, right? That all of the forgiveness is in place and that you're sort of refreshed and clean, right? Transformed. This, this Scorpio always, never fails to remind me of the phoenix, right? The phoenix that, you know, goes through its life and, you know, is battered around by life and then goes through a process of self-immolation um, that then rebirths, right? That rebirths and gives new energy. And that comes from persevering, going through, going through it, being willing to go through it. Sometimes we're willing to go through it. Sometimes we are not. So uh, forgiveness, uh, good point, Christine, not only outwardly to the people who've harmed you or that you sent, feel like have been, uh, have harmed you, but also forgiving yourself, right? Forgiving yourself for anything that you've done or that you're holding, you know, the, the, knife over your own head for, right? That that you're beating yourself up for. Just don't need to do that. The moon in Scorpio is also, or Scorpio energy brings up the concept of merging, wanting to come together and merge. This is why the sign of Scorpio ru rules sex, right? The merging of two people, two energies in the most physical, emotional, intimate way possible. And then there's also the merging of kindred spirits, finding your people, finding your tribe, and really feeling valued and getting value from the kindred spirits, right? The people that um, really resonate with you. And then there's also the psychic, mental, and emotional entanglements that we get into, right? That Scorpio very clearly holds a lot of juice on psychic entanglement, meaning, you know, we're picking up this information or we get psychically entangled by people. Mental, obviously, our thoughts, you know, get tangled up. Emotions, emotional entanglement is probably the biggest thing here with the moon, especially in this sign. What are your emotions all tangled up with and who are your emotions all tangled up with? 
And then, of course, like in every side, we have the things to watch out for. In Scorpio, we very definitely have revenge, the revenge, resentment. Uh, we have rage, right? There's the potential for rage or misplaced blame, suffering on some level, paranoia, jealousies, right? We have a whole list of the green-eyed monster type things, envy that can come up in a negative Scorpio. But in a positive Scorpio, they are a force to be reckoned with, right? Or that part of your chart, wherever you have Scorpio in your chart is where this is happening. That's where the moon is swinging through at this moment in time. If this chart were a person, this is the uh, chart of the day. If this chart were a person, then Scorpio is placed on the 12th house. This person would be dealing with a lot of the entanglement and transformation of the subconscious mind right? What's lying, what patterns are driving uh, the car, so to speak, driving the life. So find the house that you have Scorpio in and you'll find all of the different energies related to that and, uh, in your chart or the area of your life impacted by that. I just wanted to look real quickly, where are the, where, what gates are the moon is, what gates is the moon moving through today. Today being December 19th, we have the 28 and the 44. So we have the moon moving through gates that are on the spleen. And the spleen gates can be paralysis points or places where there's fear. The 28 is uh, where the, the, the moon is right now. And it's a gate that the fear is about purposelessness, like not understanding the purpose of life, the purpose of all these things that happen, or feeling like there is no purpose, right? And in the gene keys, we see this gate become totality in its gift. And the gift of totality uh, is one where we're all in, no matter what the experiences are, because the takeaway is going to be the impact of what we've experienced and how we can see how that's caused growth or how that's caused expansion in our lives. Or even if the experience was one of contraction, perhaps it put us back on the right path, but we don't know these things if we don't value the experiences that we have and then work through each of those experiences. So it's a real interesting kind of, uh, moon. The 44 is where the south node is sitting. And that means the moon is going to be hitting the south node. It might be bringing things up from our unconscious minds, might be bringing things, people, relationships up from the past, right in our faces, right? Those things that we need to work through, that we need to release, you know, in every interaction, every interaction with your kids, with your significant others, with your friends, with your family, extended family, colleagues, all these people. And we have these interactions that we have with them. And sometimes the interactions are not good ones, right? Sometimes they're blow-ups. Sometimes they're things and were things done and words said that, you know, are it's once it's said, once it's released, we can't call it back. So now we have to deal with what the outcome is of that, right? We have to deal with the fallout, if you will. But without beating yourself up, look at your own part that you played in that that role, right? In that in that thing that happened. Because the, the, the hidden jewel of transformation is when I can go in and I can recognize the part that I played, then I can forgive myself, 
for the part that I played or for whatever was created. And then I can go on outward and forgive the outer party. So, or the out, the, the person, the group, the experience, right? And that's our takeaway, right? I learned something from this. And it doesn't mean that the um, relationship is instantly repaired uh, because that also depends on the other person, but you've done your part. You've paved the way for forgiveness. You've paved the way for all of the healing that needs to be done. And Scorpio is also a very healing sign, right? Healer's energy. And, but it's deep healing. It's very deep healing. So look to where Scorpio is in your own chart. And you might also see this other picture of where you might need to do some forgiveness work for yourself or where in the area of your life that you need to go deeper uh, or uncover something in order to transform. All right. Questions. Let me see what people are saying here. Uh, Tom says we will not be challenged by T. T square. <laughs> I pity to fool. <laughs> I love you, Tom. Debbie, good morning to you. She says good morning, star family. Christine, natal Scorpio moon. So you're very familiar with all of this energy, Christine. She's, then this is where I saw that you said forgive all, including yourselves too. So important to be able to do that as well. Um, good morning, Joan Durchy. Good morning, Kajela. It's good to see you. And anybody else out there listening, uh, it's good to have you all with us this morning. Oh, and in your seventh house of relationships. So a lot of that uh, energy of Scorpio plays out, that transformation plays out through your relationships, through your agreements, through the people that are in your life, Christine. Uh, so big, big, big thing, right? Uh, so your lifetime is probably... Uh, been um, a lot of different coming and going of relationships, right? Moving through the transformation of that that uh, very deep connection. And maybe, maybe have you found that yet? Uh, maybe finding that the deeper connection you needed and wanted all along was with yourself, right? Because the opposite house would be pulling in some energy and that would be air or would be Taurus in your chart, likely a Taurus rising sign then. Okay, let's take a look at the week ahead. It's it's a it's a it's a good week. It's a good week. Don't get me wrong. It's a good week. It's just not the kind of week that I usually would expect going into Christmas. But it, it's all good. Today, Monday, the nineteenth, uh, the moon comes into an opposition with Uranus. And in fact, when I pulled the chart this morning, the moon was at six degrees. Uranus is at fifteen. So we're likely looking at uh, a late morning, early afternoon for me, uh, kind of opposition. And remember oppositions where we have to try to balance the energies on both sides. So we have the moon in Scorpio uh, conjunct the south node at that point in time. And then the moon in, or I mean, the opposition point is the planet Uranus and the north node. So it's kind of, you know, kind of star-crossed for us a little bit today. But I think it really gives us an opportunity to get some clarity about what our real truths are, about what is it that I'm really moving toward in my life. And uh, then as tomorrow comes on, we have Jupiter moving into Aries. We've already been through this once. Last June, right? June, end of May, June, we had 
uh, Jupiter make his first move into the sign of Aries. And that was the first time he moved into Aries in 12 years. He wasn't going to be there very long though. So he really just gave us a sort of taste test uh, of a foreshadowing, if you will, of what the real transit would bring and the real transit being uh, starting tomorrow all the way through May when uh, he'll move into the sign of Taurus. It also is the beginning of the new human design week. And we are very close to the solstice. And at solstice time, we have the sun and the earth in the gates 10 and 15. So we move through the gates of love of the self or self-love and the gate uh, 15, which is the gate of the love of humanity or compassion, right? Compassion for our fellow humans. So we go into Christmas week. Uh, with the sun and the earth in these very tender places, uh, both on the identity center, the center for love and direction, right? So there's this magnetic attraction, right? Our hearts acting like a magnet, pulling to us experiences that are designed to either teach us self-love or to become more self-loving, but then also taking in that love and being able to share that with a compassionate heart with others in our lives, right? It's so interesting to me this time of the year as we're closing out the year, as we're moving into a season of peace and love and joy and sisterhood, brotherhood, that we have those two gates that kind of launch us into that. And it tells us something about the energy of love, doesn't it? Right? It tells us that you gotta have love right? Love is all you need. Somebody or another famous said that. And at this point in the year, then being able to look inward to yourself, right? Uh, last week on Desire to Inspire, we did a whole piece on self-love. And we really looked at doing some exercises designed to create more of a self-loving thing. And that was a really difficult set of exercises for me to do. And I'm sure it was that way for everybody. I can't wait to hear today what feedback people might give on that. Um, the first thing we had to do was write a love letter to ourselves. Yikes! Yikes! Right? And then we had to, the next day, it was day three was uh, a makeover day. And you could choose the makeover. It could have been in the physical. It could have been a makeover with your face. It could have been a makeover with your uh, hair, your office, your, you know, your uh, way your furniture's, you know, designed. It was up to you how you wanted to do the makeover. And I was so caught up in something personally that week. Uh, it was really funny because all of a sudden I went through this transition of to self-love because I'd been beating myself up and I'm like, oh my gosh, I need this. I need to really understand this as I'm, you know, busy doing all these other things and calling myself to task for not having enough or doing too much or whatever it was. And I was like, personal transformation makeover day is about not beating up myself, right? Being kind to myself. And now we go into a week where that really becomes important, right? That the sun forcing us to really look inward in order to be more loving to our fellow human beings, right? The earth brings up the challenge and the earth is sitting at the gate 15. 
Now the 15 is called the gate of the love of humanity, but it also has some other weird energies associated with it. It can be sometimes called the gate of extremes where the, we get into extreme expressions of things or uh, where things get overblown, like we might overreact to something that someone says uh, or something that someone does or something out there in the world. Uh, or we, you know, turn it around and beat ourselves up in a very big, um, ugly sort of way. So the gate 15 is really about having compassion, compassion specifically toward humanity of which you are a member. So it also by extension is about extending compassion to oneself, right, to oneself and being able to also then extend that outward to other people. So I love this human design week. Interesting that it happens at the same time Jupiter is moving into Aries. That changes up the dynamic. You know, the, the, the gate that Jupiter is in, is it the rest of this month? Hold on, let me check this out. Uh, yes, Jupiter through all of December and actually for the first few uh, couple of weeks in January is in the gate 25 in your human design. That's one. It's an Aries gate. It's one that often makes me go, hmm, it's a gate of love, right? It's the gate of the love of spirit. And why is it in Aries? Hmm. Well, Aries being the beginning of all things, right? The beginning of the zodiac, the first sign, meaning it's the first energy. It, and it's an energy that we think of as being bold, courageous, putting itself out there into the world. And we have this bold, courageous energy in our human design at the gate of the love of spirit, right? Really valuing yourself, seeing your intrinsic value and worth as a spark of the divine animated in a physical body, right? You are a spark of the divine animated in a physical body and therefore have that, that worth and value and love energy. That is a gate of love. So we'll have three gates of love activated as we move into tomorrow the gate of the love of spirit, the gate of the love of self, and the gate of the love of humanity. It's kind of extraordinary if you think about that. And we don't have anything sitting yet at the 46, which is the gate of the love of the physical being, being in the body. But, you know, if you have the 46 uh, already defined in your chart by some chance, all four gates of love will be defined for you on your um, your identity center or your 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 G center, the diamond in your human design. So it really seems to me to be a really good time to do a uh, an evaluation of yourself and how loving are you towards yourself or not, right? Or not. And seeing yourself as that embodied spirit and seeing yourself as worthy and that value, intrinsic value, not having to do anything to deserve self-love or love of any kind from another person even, because it's intrinsic. That means it comes from inside of you. It comes from your divine spark animating your physical body, right? It comes from the divine. You are divine and are deserving. And Jupiter and Aries, how fortunate is it that it's also at a degree that represents a new beginning, right? A new beginning of self-love, perhaps, 
a new beginning, you know, an innocence. There's a sort of innocence that comes here through that degree. And the innocence meaning that all things are possible. We are starting a whole new cycle. So we don't have any preconceived notions of what is possible, or we should erase all of those preconceived notions in favor of being open-minded, open-hearted, and, you know, just allowing that anything can happen, that miracles can happen. I got to tell you guys about a dream my husband had last night. He, he said, I had the best dream. You were a miracle worker that uh, me, me being, I was the miracle worker. And what I would do was do something with water. Somehow I blessed water and then I would put it in these little cubes and put them on a chain and give them to people to wear. And it was curing all kinds of cancers, all kinds of maladies. And he's like, and it was so amazing. And all you would do was just sit down and pray and say, you know, you're healed. And it, and it was, it was done. <laughs> I was like, Oh my gosh, that would be a miracle, right? A miracle. I, I, you know, I can't unpack Terry's psyche, but uh, my guess is in some way he is picking up on maybe the times, the times that we're about to go through could create miracles, right? Neptune at gate 36, even though it's a, a gate of turbulence and possible crisis, is in the miracle circuitry of human, your human design. So miracles can happen and then we share the miracle, right? So the miracle, and he said it was green, that the little cubes would turn green, whatever the, the water is would turn green, which then is a heart, right? That's heart, having heart, having love. So very interesting that Jupiter starting this cycle now that allows all things. There isn't anything yet written on the blank slate, tabula rasa, right? In some ways we have starting tomorrow, a tabula rasa. And what do you want to write upon it, right? Do you want to start it with, I love myself. I love my fellow humans. I love my fellow animals, right? I love life. What, what do you want to put on that tabula rasa? What do you want to start with? Big, big thinking, right, for tomorrow. And you can even start that big thinking now. Why not? Then on Wednesday, we have the winter solstice. Of course, that's a time when the sun moves into Capricorn. It is the turning of the seasons. It brings us to winter here in the northern hemisphere. It brings you to summer if you are in the southern hemisphere. And it represents a change, right? A change of the energy, a change of the seasons. And also tomorrow at or on Wednesday at the winter solstice, we'll have the sun in a square to Jupiter, right? That, that's like a harbinger of what happens on Friday when the sun and moon are in the square to Jupiter. <laughs> and that tells us to take a look at where are we overly extravagant? Where are we not aligned with proportion, right? Where are we over committing ourselves, our time, our resources? Where are we committing ourselves to death, saying yes to too many things? Uh, where is it that we are over? If you could put over in front of something, what are we overdoing? And, you know, you might look at the house that both the sun and Jupiter will be in, sun and Capricorn, Jupiter and Aries at that point. Where are they in your chart? And what are they representing? What's that square representing in your chart, right? And, uh, how is it that you can bring things back into alignment or bring things back into proportion, right? Sun, square, 
Jupiter. And yet there's something very fortunate in that square. And most of the times you're not going to hear me talk about squares as fortunate, um, but they are, right? Because they force us almost. They, they put it right in our faces that there's something that we have to work through, something that we need to do, something we need to release, whatever it is. It's in our face with the sun and Jupiter in that square on winter solstice. You know, and the winter solstice sort of sing signifies another new beginning. So we have this new beginning with Jupiter in Aries. We have this new beginning of the human design week where love and self-love are the big themes. And then we have, you know, winter solstice, which, you know, a different kind of new beginning. So it's kind of like the spiral where everything is coming together. And uh, what is it that that is going to represent for you personally? And what's it going to represent for all of us, right? So watch what's happening in your own life, your feelings, your emotions, what doors are kind of like peeking open and uh, what opportunities are sort of coming your way and be prepared, right? Because after the beginning of the year, like after the 12th of, of January, things are going to start to pick up. And then we steam, get steamrolled into new when we get to March. That's a whole nother story, but just be ready, right? Be, be, enjoy this quieter time perhaps and get some focus and perspective about what it is that happens next for you personally. On Thursday, Venus comes into a trine with Uranus. Uh, on Saturday, Mercury was in a trine to Uranus. I called that genius day because often that's the light bulb moment and it comes into the lower mind that Mercury represents and now we can take action, right? Or some kind of aha moment, some kind of, of light bulb turned on. Now we have Venus coming into the same trine, uh, but Venus doesn't represent the mind like Mercury does. Venus represents love, right? The principle of relationships, uh, our values and self-love, self-worth, all of that, self-esteem, self-confidence all comes into play when we have the trine to Uranus. And it could maybe, you know, uh, affect your relationships in some way, maybe valuing one another in a more profound way. So that will be on Thursday. On Friday, we have the new moon, which occurs at 2.18 a.m. on Friday. Uh, that will be 5.18 a.m. for those of you on the East Coast. And further, so everybody pretty much around the world has it on Friday the 23rd. And Saturday, Mercury comes into uh, Christmas Day. Or no, that's that's not Christmas Day. Hmm. That's Christmas Eve. All this time I thought Christmas was on Saturday. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Maybe because our family Christmas is on the 24th. Maybe the, I had that all in my head. But that's a Mercury <laughs> sextile Neptune day. That's a day for love, right? Getting out of the mind and into the heart. Really, really, you know. Uh, the mind isn't going to be clear anyway when it's got Neptune involved, right? So get into the heart, get into the body, enjoy the day. Sunday, 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 Christmas Day, the moon moves into Aquarius. There aren't any other major um, things happening uh, except that in human design on uh, the, no, no, back we go uh, the 10, the gate 10 and the 15th. Uh, Self-love and human, uh, love of humanity goes through Christmas Day. It'll be the day after Christmas that we move into the gate of joy and the gate of blessings. So I like the sound of that too. All right. 
Now, let's take a look at the new moon, shall we? Because we'll meet on Friday, but the new moon will have happened before we actually get together because I'm not getting up at two in the morning to come to you live to tell you about the new moon. So let's talk a bit about that now. Uh, and uh, let's say hello to Julie Kiss. It's good to see you. Boo Tib, hello to you. And that must be a friend of Christine's. Uh, he or she says, been watching replays, happy to catch a live stream. It's great to see you out there as well. And I don't see any questions. So I, I'm either super clear this morning, or you guys are super sleepy, or you so don't have any questions. But if you have them, go ahead and put them in there. So the first thing of note with the um, with the new moon on Friday is that a stellium has occurred or is occurring, is in process on that day. And a stellium is an astrological word that really just means um, uh, a, a, a confab, let's say, of planets, a, a bunch of planets. Sorry, I'm hot this morning. It was It's 23 degrees outside and I'm hot. It, there, it's snowing. Oh, hey, it's snowing. Oh, nice. And plus we have snow on the ground already. So I don't know why I'm hot. Maybe because I'm sharing such great information. So the very first thing with the new moon is this stellium in Capricorn. And a stellium, again, just a confab of planets, right? They're all coming together. We'll have the sun, the new moon, sun, moon. We'll have Venus and Cap in Capricorn. We'll have Mercury there and Pluto. So while the that Venus, Mercury, Pluto are further along in the sign from the new moon, it's still a lot of energy sitting in Capricorn. Right. And if you listened to the astrology of 2023, we talked about how, you know, the Capricorn energy is giving way to the age of Aquarius and how Pluto really the furthest out, the furthest planet, even if he's a dwarf planet out that we have in our solar system or that, you know, from our known solar system, from our earlier astrolo astrological solar system represents then the real strong footing of the new age in this case, right? So his move into Aquarius really cementing the age of Aquarius. So here we'll have some really interesting, you know, things maybe that are in a process of closing up, closing out, finishing, right? The final breakdown, as it were, um, you know, sometimes we have to be broken down in order to be rebuilt. And there is a process here, perhaps, of our really taking a look at what is the formation of our foundation? What is our foundation? And is our foundation solid? Is it going to stand the test of time? Or is it weak? Do we have weaknesses, right? Do we have, you know, little holes happening in our, our um in our root system or holes happening in, in our foundation that need to be plugged up or need to be healed or need to be rebuilt, right? That's the thing, right? We begin the, we begin this whole process of what we think of as the new year. Remember stretch, right? Um, with this idea that maybe we have to do some foundation building first or foundation repair first, or even just consider what's at the foundation. What's what, you know, lift up the curtain, what's underneath there, and is it sustainable? So Sun, Moon, Venus, Mercury, Pluto, giving us that opportunity to complete that journey before we actually 
really push ourselves into something new. It, it's there to be discovered by all of us. But then we also, you know, a new moon is always the conjunction of the sun and the moon, and that begins a new cycle. So there's a new beginning here as well. Again, don't jump the gun in that new beginning, right? We still have, well, at that point, yeah, Mercury is still in the shadow of the retrograde, uh, Mars still in retrograde. So we don't want to jump the gun, but we really want to see, well, you know, if I'm going to do X, then what's the YZ that I have to fix now? If I want to do Z, then what's the XY that I need to put in place, right? What is it that I have to build first, right, in order to do that? If I really want to go somewhere or do something as the year unwinds, uh, what is it that I need to put in place now? Right. What do I need to build first? Right. When a house is built, what's the very first thing that goes down? First, they clear the land so they can set up a foundation that is going to hold the weight of the house. Without that, it can crumble. Right. First stiff wind that comes along, boom, your walls collapse. We have to have a strong foundation. So that's what this moon sort of looks like. Right. But there's also another element here. Uh, and I'm going to call it trimming the fat for, for lack of a better uh, way to really put that. Uh, trimming the fat, meaning simplifying. And, you know, Capricorn is an earth sign and it loves to do things in the most direct way, the most simple way, the most practical way, the way that it makes sense to do it without all the flowery accoutrements that can get, you know, kind of uh, annoying, can, can distract you. Uh, go the straight route, right? So looking it, at it from um, the point of view of does this really support my next steps? Does this support me into the future? If it doesn't, let it go. If it does, uh, or if it's just a weakness, right? And you say, oh gosh, I really do need that. If I'm going to do the Z, then I really need this X, Y, then, then strengthen it right? Do, do your due diligence to make it workable. So we're building that foundation. We're strengthening the foundation, you know, excavating as it were the, um, the weaknesses so that we can move forward after this point in, with some strength. Now the moon and the sun that day, I'm going to draw it on my chart here so you guys can see it. The moon and the sun are forming a T-square with the planet Jupiter and with the planet, the dwarf planet series. So you can see right there, that's what a T-square looks like. So we have the sun and the moon at the point of that T-square at one degrees, 35 minutes, 33 minutes, 34 minutes, whatever, I can't read that number, uh, of, of Capricorn. And like we said at the beginning of the show this morning, Ceres today moved into Libra and Libra being opposing to uh, Aries where Jupiter tomorrow moves in to Aries. So we have a T-square. Now the goddess Ceres, right? If you look at the goddess, she's always holding like a sheaf of wheat and she she's sort of a mother goddess figure. So she and the moon work well together. And she represents nurturing. She work, She sort of represents the bringing together, the, the nurturing and the caring in order for growth and the harvest to happen, right? So Ceres really represents that. And as she's moved into the sign of Libra, she finds purchase here. 
this is, you know, Libra is a sign also of relationships. So loving and nurturing relationships, perhaps, but this is a square. So maybe there's something in there that we have to look at. Where, where are we not being nurtured enough? Where are we uh, not loving ourselves enough to make changes in our relationships? Lots of little things like that may be coming up at the new moon uh, on the bigger screen. You know, she she's also the one that really takes care of the earth. <sighs> How do I explain this? She, as the goddess of plenty, the goddess of abundance, can really point out to us where it is that we have not been good caretakers or good nurturers, good caregivers of things in our lives. And to me, with a square to the sun and an opposition to Jupiter, our excesses may be catching up with us, right? And she's really propelling us to, to make the change. Libra is a cardinal sign. So this is a cardinal T-square. Capricorn is a cardinal sign. And Aries is also a cardinal sign. The energy of cardinal is initiating, is um, a new beginning, is pushing us out of, of the comfort zone, but also pushing us to do, to do something and or to be something more. So it, it's an interesting day to have a, a T-square, right? That means that, you know, for that entire moon cycle, we are being challenged uh, by that having to look at the nurturing energy, having to look at abundance, right? Maybe um, themes of abundance, uh, themes of excesses with uh, having Jupiter in the sign of Aries. And then when we look at a T-square, hold on, I'm going to draw an X on the other side here. So the, um, the planets are all at about one degree. So the X over here in Cancer, shows us what it is that we need for balance. And Cancer is also ruled by the moon. And I already told you the moon and Ceres are kind of like sisters, right? So we have multiple themes of nurturing going on here. We have multiple themes of empathy and compassion and caring and love and self-love and forgiveness and um, kind of coming back to roost in our own selves, starting with ourselves. What is it that we need to change in order to come into alignment with what it is we want outside of us ourselves, right? Not, not looking at the outer world and saying, well, what can I change out there to make things better or to bring things into balance? But what can I change in here first that I am then going to see the reflection of outside of me, right? There's that opposition across uh, Libra and Aries with Jupiter and Ceres in those signs. And the T-square pointed at the new moon, right? That new moon telling us something, something new is happening or something new is possible. But we have to look at our excesses on one side and we have to look at where we haven't been nurturing and kind. Where is it that we have to have more compassion for ourselves, but also for others in order to get there the empty spot over there in Cancer uh, being a sign also that is protective and overly security oriented, a little bit more vulnerability there. Uh, maybe we have to look at our um, inside at where we have fear around attracting abundance or um, really living 
uh, our truth in love and self-love. So it's an interesting, it's just interesting. And I, I want to do more about series um, just because she's now, she's part of the pantheon of the female goddesses that as new planets and or new, you know, she's a dwarf planet, right? She's a Pluto in size. She's actually bigger than Pluto. So she's a Pluto in uh, type planet. So a dwarf planet in uh, astronomical uh, naming. And that makes her important, right? And, and these female goddesses are really joining in here. Um, their voices are getting louder and stronger and asking for more of our attention. So I think in this year, we want to, um, we'll, we'll want to be really talking more about these goddess planets and natal series in cancer. What are you saying, Janet, Christine, B and I, B and I, oh, Christine Buckingham. And I want to know if anything is up with Chiron. There's always something up with Chiron. Chiron is in Aries, right? He is in forward motion at this point in time. So he's moving into new territory. He is a planet that eventually Jupiter will conjunct. That happens around March, I believe it is. So that is uh, what is up with him, unless you have something more specific. He's actually uh, also in a bit of a uh, yod, if you will, with uh, the south node and the north node and or with South Node and Mars, right? The Mars and the planet Chiron or the planetoid sitting at the base of a yod that's pointed at the South Node. That's telling us to release, right? That's a nozzle that's releasing the South Node. What's so stored in the South Node Scorpio energy? What is it that you need to release, let go of? We, we've talked about that for months, right? But now Chiron is asking you to heal it all, right? Heal it all. Now, if you have something more specific to ask about that, please do. Uh, because other than that, I don't know what else you might be asking. Uh, Jana Groscott, good morning. And good morning to Cheryl. Good to see you, Cheryl Yamamoto and uh, goddess power. Yes, indeed, Jana. Uh, I was really thinking about these goddesses the other day. And, you know, the, the black moon Lilith is also going to change signs here shortly. She doesn't change until after January. She'll be moving out of Cancer and into Leo. And the Black Moon Lilith sort of shows us our blind spots, right? The the part of uh, ourselves that we just don't see clearly, like it's out here and we just, you know, without turning our heads and looking, we can't really see it. And the shadow in Leo might have something to do with ego, right? It might have something to do with um, the failure to follow our hearts to where it is that we want to go. Uh, it could have something to do with the drama and creating more drama and trauma in our lives. Now that's the collective Black Moon Lilith. We'll take a look at her. Not far uh, into the future, Pallas Athena will also move into Leo. So it should, so I think, you know, it's worth it for us to take a look at these goddesses because they really hold the energy of a pantheon that represents the divine feminine. And how is it that we are rising, raising, rising that energy up within each of us uh, to come into balance with the great masculine energy? And then how does that impact our world when we really bring those two things into balance? Uh, I think a lot of, of war 
a lot of uh, confrontations and conflicts could be avoided if we balanced those two great energies, or at least remembered that in any kind of conflict, that those are the things that we can balance. All right. Well, uh, that is it for me this morning. Uh, I have a client I've got to get to, so I won't have time even. I'll try to draw a card and post it later for you all. Thank you so much for joining me. And I will see you on Friday. Take care.